0: This is the Read to Lead Podcast, episode 416. Hi, I'm Gene Hammett, author of The Trap of Success, a brutally candid guide to overcoming your fears, finding significance and obtaining profound success. Accomplish all three when you listen to this. It's the Read to Lead podcast with my friend Jeff Brown. Do you wake up most mornings feeling like you're just going through the motions, that the hundreds of choices you make have almost no impact on the people around you? Most motivational books will tell you that in order to better the world, you must first better yourself. But Simone Kanego believes you really only need to change the way you see yourself and the world around you will change. Hi, I'm Jeff Brown, and this is the Read to Lead podcast, the podcast that's dedicated to your personal and professional growth. I'm glad you're here. This podcast exists because I believe that if you want to achieve true success in your business and in your life, intentional and consistent reading has got to be a part of your overall mix. In fact, later this week, I'll be visiting with the Virginia Council of CEOs in Richmond, as well as the Richmond chapter of the National Speakers Association to talk about that and more. And I'm looking forward to it. As I teased a moment ago, my guest today is Simone Canego. And she's author of a new book called The Extraordinary Unordinary You, Follow Your Own Path, Discover Your Own Journey. I plan to ask Simone to share what her unique path has taught her about patience, how even your small steps can truly inspire other people, the repercussions of avoiding the unfamiliar and lots more. I mentioned a moment ago my visit later this week to Richmond, Virginia. I would love to come see you, whether it's speaking at your event or to your team about the importance of reading as it applies to leadership or the topics of personal and professional growth more broadly. I hope you'll reach out. My address is jeff at readtoleadpodcast.com, the single best way to get the conversation started. Again, that's jeff at (laughs) readtoleadpodcast.com. Simone Canego leads an ordinary life filled with extraordinary moments. As a wife, mom to six kids and three dogs, and a serial entrepreneur, she splits her time between her family, businesses, and personal growth. She's realized the small choices she makes every day to do good actually have the power to inspire others. And with her new book, she hopes to inspire you to embrace life's ups and downs and realize the impact that you're making on the world. That new book is called The Extraordinary Unordinary You, Follow Your Own Path, Discover Your Own Journey. Well, Simone, welcome. uh, I want to say welcome back to the Read to Lead podcast. So glad that you're here.
1: Thank you so much for having me here today again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What, what, What listeners don't know and Simone would probably never say anything about is we've actually done this once before and sometimes things get lost or sometimes the guy doing the interview forgets to hit the record button, which I think was the case here. But uh, Simone (laughs) is so nice to come back and and try this uh, once again. So I am so thankful for that. Uh, Skim backed over your book. And I was reminded that the first chapter tackles the subject of patience, patience and disappointment, patience in our journey and patience with others. What was your unique path or what has your unique path taught you specifically, Simone, about patience?
1: I think for me, it really taught me that even when I thought I was being patient, I could still do more. I could still, Mm -hmm. I could still do better. Um, (laughs) because patience is a hard thing and it really, it's very individualized, right? I mean, it depends on who you're talking to, what work you're doing, what your family situation is. And I've definitely learned a lot about myself having six children and Mm. the different things that we've done in our lives that, I can always, I can always use more and I have to remind myself it's doesn't just happen naturally. I have to say to myself, okay, I know you're about to get frustrated. Take a step back. (laughs) Think about the patient's piece because that's what matters.
0: And don't forget about the three dogs.
1: Oh, well, actually four dogs. (laughs) Oh, so yes, we, um, we have a, uh, we had a COVID puppy and actually Ah. she's a really cool dog, but my. My husband's like, the whole world is upside down. What's one more? I'm like, one more makes four. That's what one more is. <laughs> so six kids, four dogs. Yes.
0: I, I'm always hesitant to ask uh, guests about things like that. Uh, I know when when uh, I was writing my book uh, a year and a half ago, in my bio, I include, I mentioned my three dogs. Well, unfortunately by the time the book came out we lost one Mm -hmm. (laughs) and people ask me about my three dogs. well it's not three anymore so i'm hesitant to ask that i'm i'm glad yours is actually going the other direction up one yeah yeah, that's good yeah
1: it is it's it's hard to put things like that in there but you know they're our dogs are a big part of our family so you know we definitely uh talk about them all the time
0: and my wife has been sending me pictures no joke this morning of of one more she wants to add to our proof yeah We're, we're we're thinking about that too. Well, uh, we we tend to discount the value of our own journey sometimes as as rather ordinary, which is the crux of what your book uh, gets into, but you know, even if it seems ordinary to us, you say that our small steps can be inspiring to others. Why do you think that is?
1: Well, first of all, I don't think we give ourselves enough credit for what we what we do on a daily basis mm-hmm. and I think sometimes we look at the world and think we have to be this huge philanthropist or the celebrity on stage (laughs) to really affect change. And I don't agree with that. Sure. Absolutely. There are a lot of people that affect change that way and it. And it is amazing. But what we do every day, the way we treat other people, the way we interact with other people, the way we, all the little things that we do, Patience is a big one, right? Like when mm-hmm. we're, you know, I was just telling you about a situation we're dealing with in our house that has been going on for six months of, of trying to remodel the kitchen and things mm-hmm. keep going wrong. And, you know, I could, I could stand there and be upset about everything, or I could just say, you know what? This is life. Things happen and it's okay. And I know the guys who are working on it feel horrible. And mm-hmm. it's not for me to, Go in there and yell at them like they already feel bad. And right. so I think that is the attitude to, to say, hey, you know, things happen. It's OK. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of times we get frustrated very quickly on things and don't realize how much that impacts the other people around us. So for me, it's really the little things we do every day when you're interacting with your neighbor, the the way when you call someone that we call it the customer service call, instead of the customer service call, you're actually you're talking to a human being on the other end of the line and mm-hmm. we don't know what they're going through. Right. So if you come out of the you know door just screaming, it's not going to get you anywhere mm-hmm. and you're going to feel bad. So for me, it's really about how we how we treat other people and Understanding that the choices that we make every we have choices every day and the mm. choices that we make every day can truly positively impact the people around you.
0: And and that's even uh, I think we sometimes discount the small choices, even the small choices can lead to greater good, right?
1: Yeah, h- huge things. You know, I was in a drive through line with my daughter and someone cut me off and instantly I started getting upset. And who knows what I was, you know, was coming out of my mouth at the moment. And my daughter was like. <laughs> hello uh you know i think you might need to reread your own book (laughs) i think you've forgotten a few things about patience and kindness Mm. and Mm. understanding and so sure enough when we get up to the front of the line the woman who had jumped in line and i'm sure she didn't even realize i was waiting like it was just or she had to be somewhere who knows right we never know what's going on with other people we can never walk in their shoes And of course, she paid for our drinks. And so that began a conversation of my daughter saying, Well, wow, let's, let's do that for the person behind us. How long do you think that will last? How many people do you think will be paying it forward to the, to the next person? Mm. And it's a tiny little thing, right? That, that moment where she bought our drinks, but it will be something that I remember forever. And I think about it now when I'm in a drive through line of like, okay, you know, like let someone else go in front of you. It's okay.
0: You say, too, in your book that I think it's life is not complete without a little adventure uh, sprinkled throughout. I think most people would agree with that for sure. Uh, But what I want you to share is some examples of ways that that you try to sprinkle in a little adventure into your life.
1: Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be these huge things. Yes, I've done some huge things, Mm -hmm. um, but really. Adventure could be anything when you take a walk in the neighborhood and you go a different direction and you see cool houses that you never saw before or Mm -hmm. you take a different drive on the way to work. You know, things that kind of break up what your usual pattern is, I think, can lead to adventure as well. Trying something completely off your radar and I'll have people say to me, like, oh, I could never do that. And I'm like, well, instead of saying you can't do it, ask yourself if you want to. Do mm. you want to try something different? And I think when you really get down to it, people are like, yeah, I kind of do. I'm not sure what it is yet. Well, take mm. the time and, and think about how you can try something that's out of your comfort zone so that you can realize what you're capable
0: of. Mm. I've always been a big fan of uh, something I once heard a Disney Imagineer say and that was fear minus death equals fun. <laughs> so, ah. <laughs> you know, so if if what you're wanting to do, if 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 the worst thing that can happen is probably not death, <laughs> you, you, <laughs> you, can, you can subtract that from the equation. Then often what's on the other side is is fun, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And for me, one one of the things I did, which was a big thing, was I climbed Kilimanjaro, and mm. I am not a <laughs> super athlete. I am. That's, of course, my daughter says to me, one of my daughters says to me that, oh, well, that makes it like so much more relatable that to encourage other people to mm. try things because I live in Florida. I live at sea level. Mm. And the idea of going up to 19,341 feet could have been extremely overwhelming. But I kind of just took it one step at a time and really enjoyed all of the moments instead of just focusing on the the finish line and was a really life-changing experience for me, completely out of my comfort zone, got myself in shape, which was amazing. Um, but it was something completely different for me. And again, I have people that will say to me, I can never do that. Well, do you want to? No, I do not want to climb Kilimanjaro. Okay, well, use those words then because you're limiting yourself by saying I could never do that. Okay, I don't want to do that. Thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> something that you do that I appreciate is you're you're constantly... Exposing yourself to other perspectives, to different perspectives. Can you talk a bit about how you've been impacted over the years through that practice?
1: Yeah, I think it first starts with the family that we have. So Mm -hmm. we have six children. We adopted our youngest three. So we have two children from Ethiopia Mm -hmm. that are now 18 and 14. And our son that's 15, he is from South Korea. So really understanding that the world is a big place. There are so many different people in this world, not just talking about ethnicity and race, but in terms of how they live their lives, you know, how they see the world. And just because we see something a certain way doesn't mean that that's the only way to see it. And I've gotten myself caught up sometimes, especially when I was younger, thinking that, you know, the first time that I went to Africa and having this idea in my head of what happiness means that you have to have all of these things to be happy like how could someone be happy if you know their their daily routine is just about survival or they instead of having a soccer ball they take trash bags and they ball they wad them up into this ball and that's how they play soccer guess what they're happy and so that was a really eye-opening moment for me to say wait i, I my perspective on what happiness is or what needs are I need to look at someone else's perspective and see what's really important. And that was completely eye-opening for me. And, and again, life-changing to see that you don't need all this stuff to be mm-hmm. happy. And that was a completely different perspective. Not saying that I need a lot of stuff, but I i mean, yeah. it's just a different different mindset.
0: I saw that firsthand when I went to Reynosa, Mexico. I actually met my wife on a, on a missions trip there building small houses for oh, wow. a community seeing the the joy on the faces of these children who had nothing. And it was one of those things where, you know, it's my first mission, trip, actually. So, so far my only mission trip, she's done several, thinking that, oh, I'm going to make such a huge difference in these people's mm-hmm. lives, you know, and you get there and you realize, you walk away, well, I'm the one that's actually changed, I think, more than anything else.
1: Com- completely. And that's exactly what I experienced mm-hmm. through mission trips that we've done, through the adopting our children. You know, people will say to us, oh, your kids are so lucky. And i actually have to do this learning lesson of well let's take a step back and look at it they lost everything right they lost their beginning and now we're building we can't even rebuild because we're not trying to replace anything but it's that perspective of hey wait let's let's look at the you know the situation that we're dealing with and also understanding that Everybody lives life differently. And who am I to say, this is how your life should be? This is how I want my life. That's what I look at. Mm -hmm. And am am I doing a good job moving forward in the world, being kind to other people? To me, that's what matters.
0: Well, we talked about uh, getting outside your comfort zone a moment ago, and I want to go back to that for just a second, this idea of embracing the unfamiliar. What are the repercussions of avoiding that on a consistent basis in your view?
1: I think, first of all, you'll never know what you're capable of if you don't get out of your comfort zone and you'll never realize how many cool things there are out there to try and people to meet and foods to taste. Mm. There there are so many things out there that, you know, we, we go through our days sometimes. And, and I used to do this where I point A to point B with my head down, just trying to get through the day, getting everything done. But it's that place in the middle of point A and point B where you really see how many cool things there are for us as people to enjoy to learn from and for me that's probably the biggest thing is that we we don't get those experiences if we're not willing to take a risk and e- even with the kids i'll say just just try it <laughs> just try it you never know you might love it okay it looks like broccoli but just try it anyways
0: <laughs> <laughs> my, my time in school in middle school and high school was such that and in college that when i left. My attitude was, well, thank goodness all that learning is over Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because my experience was such that that school educated out of me the desire to want to learn and to want to read and to want to write. It's funny now. Those are all things that I do every day. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But uh, school pushed that desire out of me because I was always having to learn and do things that I had no interest in. Um and something that caught my attention in your book was this brief story that you tell about your daughter's teacher who helps her students celebrate mistakes. Can can you share a little bit about about that story?
1: Yeah, looking back at my kids' teachers, they've they've had some amazing teachers mm-hmm. over the years, but she truly impacted my two youngest their lives because mm-hmm. and actually my Three youngest because he didn't have her in that grade, but he he worked with her in other areas and she was she truly made such a big difference for them. But instead of when they would do a math problem or when they were doing sentence corrections or whatever it was, instead of saying, well, that's wrong. Go back and try it again. She would say okay yeah that wasn't the answer let's (laughs) let's clap for that because thank you for trying and Mm. now like okay let's think about this and let's let's try it this way see if that makes a difference so instead of fearing failure the whole time the kids were like it's okay to take a risk it's okay to make a mistake that's Mm. how we learn and as adults the same thing that's how we learn we have to take risks we have to make those mistakes and they're all just part of our journey. To have that at such a young age, I definitely didn't have that. I was always afraid of making mistakes and completely feared failure and took until I was in my 40s to realize that, yeah, that's just part of life. That's how we learn is making these mistakes and having these bumps in the road. But for kids to learn that at such a young age, it just, ooh, it made me feel like, okay, they have such a step up from where I was because they they understand that this is okay. This is part of how we learn. Well,
0: uh, in, in a chapter that uh, Simone calls "life isn't always fair," she says it's important to listen to others, but be careful not to enable. Uh, I've certainly been guilty of that uh, in the past, and, and try to avoid that when I can. Can you expound a little bit on that about your experience with that?
1: You know, there's that person in your life, or there was that person in your life who would focus on the negative pieces, or everything became a really big deal, and You see it with a lot of people where they they have an issue going on and they want you to be on their team for that issue So they try to bring you into the negativity and I think it makes it really hard to Especially when they're a close friend to say wait, okay, you're getting so caught up in this. Let's let's look past this moment but even in stuff like with my with my kids, so my daughter was Diagnosed with Crohn's when she was a senior in high school. And this was literally, she got diagnosed and then COVID happened and the school shut down. So she really didn't get a senior year and she was really sick at first. And so when she had her colonoscopy and she got her diagnosis, yeah. I mean, she was crying. And I was like, okay, well, we have we have a couple of choices here, right? You can sit here and wallow in the sorrow, or you can figure out how you're going to live your life. And I'm not saying don't be upset. Everybody needs to experience the emotions that they need to experience, but don't stay there. So basically, it was kind of like, pick a day, be upset, whatever you need, cry, you know, scream, whatever you need, pick a day. And that day is when you're going to say, okay, now I'm moving forward because the diagnosis is already done. I know this is what I have. How am I going to live my best life? And that really worked for her and she's doing great. I mean, it's been almost three years now and she's now in remission. And so there's, I mean, she still gets injections every month, but, and her attitude, she tries everything. So Mm -hmm. I really think it's a big mindset piece of how we I could sit there and say, oh, I feel so bad for you. Oh, let me do this. Let me do that. But that's not going to help her. What's going to help her is saying, hey, let's figure out how we can move forward with this together.
0: How fortunate she is to have a mom like you. What you just shared, I think, is so impactful uh, for so many parents uh, to hear. So thank you for sharing that, Simone. Thank you. Um, I've got a couple of questions not directly related to the book that I want to ask you about. Uh, Before I do that, anything else from the book that I didn't uh, dive into that you want to make sure that we walk away with?
1: I don't think so. Let's leave it out there for the readers to to mm-hmm. read some of the stories. I mean, there are some ridiculous stories in there. I'm a, <laughs> um, I, I think that we need to share the good, the bad, the ugly. We need mm-hmm. to share all of it so that, so that people don't think that lives are perfect. There is no such thing as perfection. So understanding that it's important to share our difficult moments because we realize through those conversations that we are not alone.
0: Mm-hmm. Well said. Um, I think excellent writers, and I would certainly put you in that category, are first uh, consistent and intentional readers. I would love to know if you're willing to share a book or two that you often find yourself recommending. Maybe it's a book that's that's uh, impacted you in, in, a, in a powerful way.
1: So there's one book that I always like to talk about. And again, I'm, I'm close to this. It's called There Is No Me Without You. It's a story about a woman from Ethiopia where her husband and daughter died and she didn't know how she was going to move forward. And this was during the AIDS epidemic. And watching how she transformed her life by transforming the lives of others, she started an orphanage for children who were orphaned by AIDS. And she took in so many children and figured out a way that they could be legally adopted to Families a lot of them still stayed with her But she truly changed the world and in that moment of complete sadness where she lost her family She was able to figure out a way to help other people and through that helped herself and To me it was close to the heart because of having two children from Ethiopia and really seeing a lot of similarities in their stories and Having me think could I be that strong Mm. and my answer is I hope so but, but it's a very impactful book for me. And so I've given it actually to a lot of my children's teachers for them to get a different perspective, going back to perspective, mm. perspective on how, you know, again, what happiness is, how you change the world one person at a time, one conversation at a time. Mm.
0: I don't know if you're like me. And if you spend a fair amount of time reading books that you then want to take action on, I often read books just for how they impact my thinking, but- I often find myself too reading books that are going to end up creating a to-do list of things that I want to make sure I go and implement later. If you find yourself occasionally reading that type of book, I'd be curious to know any practices that you have that have helped you make sure that you're not only going to retain and comprehend better what you read, but then actually go out and, and put it into into practice. Any, anything come to mind?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I take a lot of notes when I read mm. books. I'm one of those person people, one of those persons. OK, my English <laughs> is just really good right now. I'm one of those people who likes to write things in the margins. And because I I also think that we can learn something from every book we read, from mm. every person we talk to. So whether it's a book that really fits your reading style, I think that you can take away something from it. But. What I like to do is especially if I find a book that I really connect with is figuring out how I can implement something from it in maybe not daily life, but life in general. So even reading different self-help books that talked about positive affirmations. And honestly, 15 years ago, I would have said, yeah, that would not be me. I am not, I am not going to stand in front of a mirror. Well, guess what I do? I stand in front of the mirror every morning and I do positive affirmations and they, you know, the kids laugh at me and that's okay because I think actually as the older ones get older, Mm. they realize that it really does make a difference. So, you know, the things that I take away, I really, whether it's like just one quote or something that I, try to keep a logbook of of things that wait I want to remember this for later and I think it's so important that we we do look at books and think okay even if it's just a really fun novel what can you take away from it how can you use something in a conversation with somebody whatever I mean it's books are so powerful
0: well said again (laughs) and the book is called the extraordinary unordinary you follow your own path discover your own journey Uh, this is take two of our original conversation, and it was (laughs) awesome. Uh, Her name is Simone Canego. Simone, thank you so much for uh, being here with us today. I really appreciate your time.
1: My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me back.
0: For a summary of this episode or to connect with Simone online, you can go to to readtoleadpodcast.com slash 416 for episode 416. In addition to linking to her book, I'll, of course, link to her website, her TEDx talk, and more. Again, that's readtoleadpodcast.com slash 416. The five personal habits that will supercharge your life. What are they? Well, they're habits that I teach in one of my workshop trainings, and I'd love the chance to share it with your team. Looking for a speaker for your next event who can help unpack personal and professional development and the impact that books have on that and more? I hope you'll think of me. My email address again, Jeff at ReadToLeadPodcast.com. That's Jeff at ReadToLeadPodcast.com. For next week's show, I've scheduled an interview with someone I've wanted to talk to for years. I'm talking about Marcus Buckingham. We'll be digging into his new book called Love Plus Work. That's next time on the Read to Lead podcast. That's it for this time. I look forward to seeing you next time around. Until then, remember, leaders read and readers lead.